0: hope I haven't kept you waiting. Yes, this is the crime club. I'm the librarian. Mr. Smith's hat. Yes, we have that crime club story for you. Come right over. Hmm. Chair by the window. Comfortable? The book is on this shelf. Here it is Mr. Smith's Hat by Helen Riley. A very intriguing story of a finger that puts its print on death. Let's look at it under the reading lamp. It was a bad day for New York City. The worst in a three-week period of early summer heat. And Inspector Christopher McKee was in his office at the Center Street Police Headquarters when the telephone rang. Yes, Inspector McKee talking. Homicide?
1: Yes, I was just going to talk to you about that. What? Homicide. How would you like to meet a freshly made corpse? Go ahead, mister. Well, go to 1142 West 16th Street. Gilbert Shannon's apartment. Mm -hmm. I'm not there now, but don't worry. You'll find me waiting for
2: you. What's your name?
1: Gilbert Shannon.
2: (laughs) Well, I'll be of all the days to be hung up by a lunatic.
3: Yes, Inspector McKee.
2: Cassidy, get the local precinct for West 16th Street. I want them to check on a nut. Yes, sir. Hold a minute. Inspector McKee, homicide.
4: Inspector. Inspector, my father's been killed. Murdered?
2: Mm-hmm. All right, lady, give me the facts. Name, please.
4: Gilbert Shannon, 1142 West 16th oh. Street. What's that? 1142 West 16th Street. I just found him lying on the floor in a pool of blood. Your name, please. Julie, will you please send someone over here right away, please?
3: Please?
2: Yes. Cassidy. Uh,
3: yes, Inspector.
2: Never mind calling the local precinct. Get the medical examiner and order my car. I'm going up to that place myself. <coughs>
4: I walked in, Inspector. Dad never bothered to lock the door. He didn't believe he had anything worth stealing, except a lot of unpaid bills.
2: And empty whiskey bottles, Miss Shannon, all over the place.
4: We pleaded with him to give up this dingy apartment. Oliver and I begged him. Who's Oliver? My uncle, Inspector. Oliver Gold. The
2: utilities man?
4: Mm-hmm. Since my mother died two years ago, I've been living with him and Tamsin, his wife, in their big house on East 54th Street. Mm. They wanted Dad to stay there, too, but he was stubborn. Why? He didn't want charity. He wouldn't let anyone help him. Not even Sanders DeMora, his oldest friend. Not even me, his own daughter.
2: Well, he seemed to have enough money for liquor, Miss Shannon.
4: That wasn't very often. You see, Dad was a writer. Popular magazine stories. Sometimes he sold one. Then he... Yeah, oh, yeah, I know.
2: Must have been pretty tough on you and your mother. Well, let's see what happened here. Gilbert Shannon was sitting at that desk, working his back to the door, when someone came in and cracked him on the... Go with a blunt instrument, not once, but six
4: times. Please, Inspector.
2: I'm sorry. It was a vicious crime done by a vicious person. Someone who feared or hated your father.
4: But I don't know of anyone. It was
2: also someone your father trusted and was expecting. What? The blows were all on the back of the head. In other words, when Gilbert Shannon's killer opened that door, your father knew who it was. He didn't turn around, but kept right on working.
4: Inspector McKee, do you realize what you're saying?
2: I always do, Miss Shannon.
4: But it's crazy. Why, Dad's friends were the best in the world. They, they were always trying to do things for him. I, I can't think know of Know more... thine
2: enemies, but beware of thy friends. A wise old saying, young lady. And in some cases of murder, I've known it to apply to relatives, too. Let's go.
4: Where are you taking me? Home.
2: I'd like to meet Oliver and Thames and Gault and Santa Stimora and maybe a man who commits murder and then likes to play ghost.
5: Julie, I think you ought to go upstairs and lie down.
4: I, I don't feel like a Tamsin.
6: But she is so right, Julie, my dear. It is no good for you to hear all this talk about murder.
4: Please, Santos.
6: Like Gilbert, she is so obstinate. Inspector McKee, you haven't answered my question. Your
7: question, Mr. Gold? About the newspapers. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What do you want me to do? Keep this matter private. Why? My position, of course. I'm vice president of Eastern Utilities. I don't want a scandal. Oh, what, uh, what are you afraid of? Gilbert Shannon was my brother-in-law. He was married to my sister. You haven't answered my question, Mr. Gold. I don't want his private life made public. It wasn't clean. Oliver. Well, Julie, let's face it. We've been ashamed of him for a long time. Long before your mother died. Now, why should I be punished for his mistakes?
4: He never did anything to hurt you. He wouldn't even take your pity. Now,
5: there, there, Julie. Oliver didn't mean what he said.
7: Well, Inspector... I make no promises.
2: As an old-time citizen, I think it's bad business to interfere with the
7: press. But my reputation... We'll worry about that later. Where were you this afternoon? At my office. Every minute? Until a quarter past twelve. Then I had lunch, and after that... Now look here, Inspector... After lunch, Mr. Galton? I... I went for a walk. A long walk? I was back at my office at a quarter past two. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Shannon was killed between 12.30 and 2. Inspector
7: McKee, if you're intimating that I... How about
2: you, Mrs. Galt? Where were you?
4: On Fifth Avenue, shopping. Buy anything? No. Meet anyone? No. Inspector, I thought you said the murderer was a man.
2: Oh, did I? Never take a policeman literally, Miss Shannon, until he waves a pair of handcuffs.
6: Now, Mr. DeMora... I was in Central Park all afternoon. For work, it was too hot, the weather. You meet anyone? Only the pigeons and the squirrels, Inspector?
2: Yes, and they can't talk.
6: Signor, it is quite useless to make up a case about us. Not one person in this room had a reason or a wish to dispose of Gilbert. You will prove nothing to the contrary.
2: <laughs>
6: nice going.
2: Certainly stick together. I hope you don't have to hang together.
7: Hello. Uh, one moment, please. For you, Inspector. Oh, thank you. Yes, Yes, Cassidy.
2: Hmm? Where? Okay, put it through the lab. Oh? Good work. Have a check for type. Yes, yes, I'll tell them. But Well,
5: well, well.
2: Everything comes to him who waits.
5: What is it, Inspector? A
2: few things to worry about, Mrs. Galt. The murder weapon has been found. Would...
7: One of you like to guess? I'm sick of this, Inspector. You have no right to make us all feel like... All
2: criminals. right, all right. It was a hammer. The postman took it out of a mailbox on Lower
6: Fifth Avenue. What? Thompson. Don't look at me. I didn't go, lo- go below 50th Street. But it is quite ridiculous. If one desire to conceal or dispose Haste of a weapon... it makes many mistakes. Now, Miss Shannon.
4: Are you going to wave the handcuffs, Inspector? When
2: you entered your father's apartment, did you go out again before I arrived? No. Well, somebody did. There was a fresh smear of lipstick on the inside doorknob. <laughs> Should make a wonderful fingerprint.
0: Huh?
2: No comments? All right. Shannon, the district attorney, has released your father's body for burial. You can make the arrangements.
4: Thank you. That's so awfully kind of you
2: i have in touch with all of you, and don't try to leave town unless you're so hot you'd like to spend some time in the cooler.
3: Well, Cassidy, uh, the uh, funeral services should be started any minute, sir. Are they all here? Uh, they are, Inspector, they are. In that first pew, Mr. Mm. Santos de Mora, with Mr. Oliver Galt sitting next to him. Mm. Uh, then it's uh, Mrs. Galt and Julie Shannon. Notice anything? It's Hayden they are, Inspector McKee. The way they're rushing that poor fellow's body off the face of the earth. Yes, I thought of that. And him not dead more than a few hours. It ain't decent. That's what comes of having daylight saving time. If the time was normal now... Though... Who's that fellow sitting over there in the last pew with his hat on? Uh, who, sir? Yeah. Oh, another Hayden. To be wearing a hat in the Lord's house. A hat that's so loud. It's loud enough for the racetrack and shabby enough for a funeral of its own. I told him to take it wait, off. Wait, but... wait a minute. He seems to be sobbing. Why, well, so he does. And all the time I've been taking him from an old, no good vagrant. Inspector, do you think he might be right, but... right. He's getting out, He's coming this way. And sure I'll be the devil's own witness. He ain't sobbing. He's laughing. <laughs> Just In a church. And at a funeral, too. Now, see here, you. Let me you him,
1: <laughs> uh, what's the idea? Damon and Pythias. The spider and the fly. Who is less noble than man? You tell me. Nothing. And no one. In the beginning, there were serpents and vermin. And today, they walk like men. <laughs> Excuse me, I have an appointment with a nightmare. <laughs> It's crazy with the heat the poor fellow is. You should have let
3: him go, Inspector. He might be dangerous. Get
2: after him, Cassidy. Uh, uh, oh, sure. Keep a tail on him. I want to know who he is and where he lives. Uh,
3: but, but we could have asked him, sir, when he was sitting That's here, not
2: he... all I want to know, Your Honor. Now get going and report to me at my office. I'll be there all evening. Mm-hmm. Inspector McKee talking homicide.
3: Uh, Cassidy talking, sir. What'd you get? Uh, Well, sir, I tailed that fellow to a broken-down tenement house on Tenth Avenue. Hmm? He's got a room on the third floor.
2: Good. What about his name?
3: Uh, Believe it or not, Inspector, it's John Smith.
2: Uh, It's happened before. What else, Cassidy?
3: Uh, Well, sir... Smith stayed indoors for about an hour and a half. And when he emerged, it was only to lock himself up in a phone booth in the corner drugstore. Did
2: you find out whom he called?
3: I couldn't, sir, but I know he made two calls, Inspector. Yes? It was on the second one that I was able to catch a few words.
2: What were they, Cassidy?
3: Well, sir, there must have been an argument. Because all of a sudden, Smith's voice went up, and he said, You'll be there in half an hour, and don't keep me waiting. And that's all.
2: Is it? Did Mr. Smith go to sleep in that booth?
3: no, sir. He came out and walked straight uptown to Central Park. Uh, And that, Inspector, is where it happened.
2: What? What happened?
3: Uh, Well, sir, he was walking along a path near the 59th Street Lake with me about 50 feet behind him. Yes. Uh, Something was wrong with the park lights because a whole row of them was out. And then... Mm
2: -hmm. Go on, Cassidy.
3: Well, sir, it was pretty dark, but but, but I could see that hat. It shone like a beacon light on a dark and empty ocean.
2: Never mind the poetry. Give me the facts to the point.
3: Uh, Yes, sir. Well, just before he turned off the path onto another one, he took off his hat. Yes, yes. Inspector McKee, I've been a member of the force for 32 years. I could retire and take my pension and live the good life of a peaceful man, but mm. I haven't done it. Instead, I have chosen to stay in the service of the department and devote myself entirely. Oh,
2: no, you lost
3: him. I couldn't help it, sir. He took off his hat. But, I... But if the park department had fixed those lights at the proper time... He was
2: going I... to meet somebody and you lost him.
3: I'm sorry, Inspector. I'm a broken-hearted man. We could have
2: broken this case tonight. Close the books on it. Oh, well, have you had something to eat? No, sir. We'll get something and then come back here to my office. We'll have a good cry together.
6: Hello, Thompson. Oh, uh,
5: Santos. What are you doing here?
6: I came in for a lonely drink. I saw you sitting at this table. I am delighted.
5: Oliver took Julie and me home after the funeral, and he went out to keep an appointment. Julie went to bed.
6: I am glad they deserted you, Tamsin, darling. It gives me an opportunity yes, DeSantis,
5: to... Uh, please.
6: But I am only holding your hand. Is it forbidden?
5: Yes. We never know who might be looking. Well, let them look.
6: Do I care?
5: Well, I do. Tamsin. Stop making a fool of yourself, and leave me alone.
6: It has not always been like this.
5: It is now. I... I'm not ready to lose,
6: Oliver. Lose? You do not lose something you do not want.
5: That's how I feel about
6: you, Sanders. I do not like to hear such talk. Yesterday, it was different. You could not stand to live with Oliver.
5: I've changed my mind. And if you were a good
6: sport... No, I am not a good sport when there is no good reason.
5: Why didn't you tell me that you haven't got a penny to your name?
6: Is it important? But shouldn't it be?
5: Would you have me divorce Oliver for a marriage without money? At your age?
6: I see. You would rather be with a man you do not love
5: He isn't impossible,
6: Santos. A fish.
5: With gold fins.
6: When did you find this out about me?
5: Last night at dinner. Oliver mentioned that your business was on the rocks and that you were going into bankruptcy.
6: And immediately, love flew out the window.
5: I like my daily bread. And butter.
6: You cannot do this to me. When I have lost everything, it's unbearable. Oh,
5: uh... Stop it,
4: Casanova. Don't you know when you're licked? Julie! Julie. Why, Santos, I'm surprised at you. A lady wants to be with her husband, and you keep... What are you doing in this place, Julie? I thought you were home in bed. Did my father know about you too, Gilbert? Don't answer that. I think he did. And he was killed for knowing too much. Am I right, Tamsin? You're completely out of your mind. You were afraid that Dad might tell Oliver about you and Santos. That would have cost you a good home, plus a lot of money.
6: Julie, you are not making sense. Tamsin could not kill... Stop being
4: so loyal, Romeo. She just tore the balcony down. Oh, I'm going home. A good place for you, Tamsin. Maybe you can find the hammer that used to be in that second-floor closet. What? I looked for it tonight.
5: It wasn't there. You might ask one of the servants about that. Shall I ask one of the servants about my lipstick, too? Look here, Julie. I've had enough of your nasty little insinuations. If anyone had a motive for killing your father, you did. He made your life miserable, and he destroyed your mother's. He killed her. Tamsin? You know how she died. She didn't fall in front of that subway train. She threw herself. No. No. And the next time you feel like accusing someone of murder, think of the consequences. All of them. Good night.
6: It is true, unfortunately, Julie. Gilbert was my oldest friend, but sometimes even I did not understand it. Come, I will take you home to Oliver's house.
7: Yes, yes, two reservations on the midnight plane. Splendid. Mrs. Galton, I'll pick them up at quarter to twelve. Thank you.
5: Really? Oh, uh, Tamson.
7: I didn't hear you come in.
5: <laughs> Where are we going on such short notice? Mexico. Why?
7: The newspapers have got hold of Gilbert's case. By tomorrow morning, all the filth in that man's life will become public gossip, and I don't want to face it. Of course.
5: But why must we go tonight?
7: Because I decided. Now let's pack. We've very little time.
5: I. I can't go, Waller.
7: What? I... Now look here, Tamson. Now
5: please listen to me. I can't leave Julie.
7: She needs me. Oh, she'll get along. You don't
5: know how she carried on tonight after you went out. It it wouldn't be fair to desert her at a time like this. But I...
7: Oh, well. All right, I'll phone the airport for another reservation. Uh,
5: no, no, Oliver. Julie needs time to organize herself. She's had a terrible shock. Why don't you go alone? And we'll join you in a few days.
0: Well... You
5: won't have to face the publicity, and I'll have a chance to, to help Julie.
7: Yes. Yes, very well. I can wait for you at, uh... At the Continental Hotel in Mexico City, and from there we can go on to... That's a good idea, Tamsin. Uh, Will you phone the airport and cancel your reservation while I go upstairs and pack
5: Of course, darling. Hello? Police headquarters? Inspector McKee, please. Inspector McKee? Uh, this is Tamson Um, I came home a few minutes ago, and I found that my husband has disappeared. Yes. Two of his suitcases are gone. Well, I phoned the airport, and I was told that he'd made a reservation on the midnight plane for him and me. Well, I don't know why he included me, but... No. No, I didn't cancel it. I, I didn't want Oliver to become suspicious. Yes. You're quite welcome. Goodbye. <gasps>
7: You just made a serious blunder.
5: Oliver.
7: You should have called the airport first. Now Inspector McKee will know that you were lying. Oliver,
5: put down that candlestick. It
7: was all worked out on your precious little mind, wasn't it? Julie needed care, loving care. I didn't
5: mean it, Oliver. I, I, I'll call the inspector. I, I'll it's tell him It's that... too
7: late, Tampson. Would you like to know how much I really loved Oliver,
5: you? Oliver, please. Please give
7: me a chance. As much as I hate you now.
5: <laughs> you won't kill me. Somebody's listening on this phone now. Oliver... Uh, no. Yes, tense. No. No.
7: Hello? Hello?
3: Tired, Cassidy. It's been a long day. Sure, but wouldn't you be feeling good enough now to eat that sandwich I hey, Birch, for your good appetite?
2: Oliver Golf, big utilities, man, making a getaway.
3: <laughs> Every day, a new surprise. <laughs> Won't he be getting one when, when he finds the airport loaded down with cops? <laughs> mm.
2: Yes? hmm? You don't say. Are you sure? You gotta be sure. Okay.
3: Uh, What's the trouble, sir, if you don't mind me asking?
2: Those fingerprints we found on the doorknob of Shannon's apartment, Cassidy. They ain't good. They belong to a John Ravillo. I don't recall no such name, sir. The San Diego confidence man arrested 21 years ago, broke jail six months later, was never found.
3: Well, well, that sort of changes the picture, don't it? Ravillo. Could that be a Spanish name? I don't know. On the other hand, it's possible that a fellow who calls himself John Smith... And laughs at the church funeral, mate. Yeah,
2: yeah, anything's possible now. Inspector McKee, homicide. <laughs> Cassidy. Grace. Yes, sir. Uh, what, uh, that's a joke, mister.
1: We meet again, Inspector, and again it's bad news.
2: Uh, tell me about it.
1: You know who this is?
2: A ghost of Gilbert Shannon.
1: <laughs> a toast to the wise. Death begets death. And when it's murder, there can be no end except in death. What's that? It's happened again. But now it's a beautiful lady. Young, charming. Who was it? Tamsin Galt. What? A horror of horrors to be snuffed out in the prime of life. Now,
2: listen, you, if this is a gag. Goodbye,
1: I to... Inspector. I assume your next stop will be the Galt Mansion on East 54th Street, which is now a tomb.
3: Cassidy. Cassidy. Uh, it was on my way, Inspector. Uh, that car was made from a booth near the guardhouse. Never city, mind
2: but... that. Pick up Smith and hold him here until I get back, if I ever do.
3: Yeah.
2: Let's keep talking, Miss Shannon. I've got work to do.
4: Well, I didn't know what had happened until you came to the house, Inspector McKee. Sanders tomorrow brought me home, and I went straight up to my room. Where'd he go? He left me at the front door, Inspector.
2: Well, all right. I'm satisfied. I uh, think we'll wrap up this candle holder now. The fingerprints on it should tell us who struck the first blow. The first? Yes. Tamson Galt was not killed by a blow on the head. She was smothered to death.
4: Good heavens.
2: By someone who held her nose and mouth while she was unconscious.
4: But uh, how, how can you tell? Those
2: swollen veins in her neck and the color of her face. How
4: dreadful. But who? Anybody.
2: It didn't require courage or strength.
4: I see. What about Oliver?
2: How huh? do you mention him?
4: He might have found out that Santos and Tamsin were... Well...
2: Oh, one of those things, huh? Did your father know about them, too?
4: He must have. The hammer he was killed with was taken out of this house.
2: Oh, well, thank you. Why didn't you talk about it sooner?
4: I didn't know until a few minutes ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I went to the second-floor closet to look for something, and I found that... Shh!
2: we have having company.
6: That's Answer.
4: That's Oliver.
2: Perfect. Meet him in the hall and don't tell him what happened. Don't? Go ahead and do as I say.
4: All right, Inspector. And
2: leave that door open. I want to hear
4: everything. Oliver? Hey, Julie!
7: I'm just going upstairs. Where's Thompson.
4: Oh, uh, she, she's indisposed.
7: Indisposed? I just don't understand that woman. An hour ago, she wanted to fly to Mexico tonight.
4: Mexico? What are you talking about?
7: I rushed down to my office to get these papers. I thought I'd combine pleasure with business. And now... Uh, is she upstairs? No,
4: Mr.
2: Galt. What? She's waiting for you in the living room. Inspector McKee. Would you like to see her? Of course you would. Now, come on. After you've had a good look, we'll take a trip downtown to police headquarters. And you too, Miss Shannon.
4: If you like.
2: I like. And while we're driving, we'll pick up Mr. DeMora and give him a lift, too.
4: Santos? But why?
2: Your alibi, Miss Shannon. And to you, Mr. Gould, a mathematical problem. The outside angle of a triangle. Excuse me, Inspector. What
3: is it, Cassidy? I just got the report on this candle holder. No fingerprints. It was wiped clean. All right.
2: Stay here with Smith. I'm going into the next room to pin down a murderer.
1: Uh, Inspector, I'd appreciate a drink if you have one.
2: Great, great. Give him one, Cassidy, from that water cooler. No,
1: not that. I need something. Well, Inspector McKee, are you ready
4: for
6: us?
2: For one of you, Miss Shannon, an escaped convict by the name of John Ravillo. What's the matter, you struck down? What about it, Mr. DeMora? Would you like to enlighten me? I have never heard of the gentleman. Hmm. How about you, Mr. Gulf? I don't know him. I don't recall ever having met him. Well, then suppose I give you people an assist. Here's an ink pad. We'll take some fingerprints. Who'll be the, uh, first volunteer?
7: You, Mr. Gulf? Well? All right. I'm John Ravillo. Oliver. But I didn't commit murder. You yourself told me that Tamsin was smothered. But you made it possible by cracking his skull. But I had no choice. We quarreled. She flew into a temper and picked up a knife. You can do better than that. But first, what about Gilbert Shannon? I thought he was blackmailing me. He was the only one who knew my real identity. I went to his apartment this afternoon for a showdown. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you that because... Well, because Gilbert was already dead when I found him. I was afraid. My criminal record, you know. I know. But I also know that Shannon was
2: not blackmailing you. What? Just a minute. Smith, come in here. When the law beckons. And uh, put your hat on.
1: Spoken like an old friend. That's the man. I paid him the money. Paid? You paid me? It's all right, Smith. You can relax. But I told you, Inspector, I was the bait the spider used to lure the fly. And when I saw them today in church... Sitting side
6: by side like Damon and Phineas. I uh, Inspector McKee. Huh?
2: Uh, what uh, is it, Mr. DeMora? Uh,
6: could uh, I have a glass of water, please? Uh, sure. But first,
2: give me what you have in your hand. You have no right. To... We'll talk about that some other time. Huh. Pills, huh? Poison. Sit down, Mr. DeMora. It's your turn to talk now about a double murder, and no double talk, if you know what I mean.
4: I just can't believe it. Santos St. more of all
2: people. Your father's oldest friend. Know thine enemies, but beware of thy friends.
4: And Oliver, an escaped convict. Well, I knew that Dad had met Oliver in San Diego. He didn't
2: I... meet him, Miss Shannon. He helped put him in jail. Your father was one of those energetic newspaper reporters who liked to play a detective, too.
4: But Dad married Oliver's sister.
2: Yes, one of those things you never understand. Got the whole story from Smith. He was Gilbert Shannon's editor. Then he knew. Yes, but liquor and hard luck put a cloud on his mind. so when he met Oliver Gould after 20 years, he didn't recognize him as John Ravillo.
4: And he collected the blackmail money and turned it over to Santos DeMora.
2: For a whiskey pittance. Smith had to have whiskey.
4: Inspector, how did Santos find out about Oliver?
2: DeMora told me he got it from your father during a moment of whiskey weakness.
4: But why did he kill him?
2: For protection. Your father was the only one who knew Oliver's past. But DeMora was blackmailing him.
4: But why did he kill Tamsin?
2: To frame you, my dear, for both murders. What? You quarreled with Tamson in a restaurant. tomorrow was present.
4: He told you about that, too?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, he's very clever, I must say. hmm How did he get into the house? I left him at the front door.
2: He unlatched it while you were saying good night.
4: Oh. Well, that explains everything. Just enough. Calling
3: Inspector McKee. Calling Inspector McKee. Oh, what
2: now? Hmm? Another murder? What is it?
3: Excuse me, sir. Uh, This is Cassidy. Mm. There's a question that's preying on me mind. And if you'd be good enough to answer it...
2: Sure, sure. Anything to go home and go to bed.
3: Well, sir, it's about them telephone calls that Smith left made to your office about their murders. Why did he do it?
2: An old newspaper man and a lunatic. He couldn't resist a scoop.
3: But how could he know about them, Inspector?
2: Very simple, Cassidy. He was in the right place at the wrong time.
6: Yes, but
3: Uh, I... Good
2: night. Good night, Cassidy. Stop worrying about trifles. The case is closed.
0: And so closes tonight's crime club book, Mr. Smith's Hat, based on a story by Helen Riley. Stedman Coles did the radio adaptation. Roger Bauer produced and directed. Inspector McKee was played by Raymond Edward Johnson and Julie by Elaine Kent. The cast included... William Podmore, Eleanor Phelps, Paul Hammond, Sherling Oliver, and Barry Thompson. Oh, I beg your pardon. Hello. I hope I haven't kept you waiting. Yes, this is the crime club. I'm the librarian. Yes, come over a week from tonight. Good, we have a very unusual story of a charity ball at which the principal gift was death. It's called Murder Goes Astray by M.V. Heberden. In the meantime... Well, in the meantime, there is a new crime club book available this week and every week at bookstores everywhere. Yes, it's available now. Fine. And we'll look for you next week. And by the way, the next time you sit down to enjoy a good show... Think of the million and a half men who are trying to win the peace throughout the world. And yes, think of the 199,000 who helped win the war and are still in the hospitals. They like a good show, too. So keep them going with good USO entertainment. They still need USO, and USO is you. This
8: program came from New York. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
9: This is the year of the Lord. The Lark is the car of the year. Look what's new for you from the Lark. It's here, it's here, it's here, it's here. It's
1: the new convertible. Seats five adults in style. It's old perch and perky. Runs on pennies per mile.
10: The Lark by Studebaker.
7: Yours in six stunning styles for 60. Including the new convertible and... Look
1: what else is new for you. It's here, it's here, it's here, it's here.
9: It's a new Lark wagon with four convenient doors. And it's sound for fun and frolic, but it's built for chores. Look at the Lark yourself.
7: Learn how it's been proven by 750 million miles of owner use. Visit your Baker dealer and see how nothing has been spared to build quality into the Lark. Discover why it's the value car of the year. The Lark is the car of the year. I'm Charles Scott King, WNEW News. At nine minutes past ten, time for the
11: Sears Theatre.
12: That's the theme from the Sears Radio Theatre. Tonight is a story of adventure with Richard Widmark as your host.
4: What's that? Take your seats. What is it?
10: I don't know, but fasten your seatbelts. The ship is quivering. It may be an earthquake. If this ship falls over on its side,
8: we've had it. Hey! Rain! The sky was clear as we came through. You can see for yourself. It's still clear above the trees. What
6: kind of weather do they have here? The Sears Radio Theater will begin after this message from your local station.
2: Yeah, that was about two weeks after Dad had his stroke. Did he have high blood pressure? Don't know.
8: He's doing a little better now, but he can't speak too well. Has trouble walking too, doesn't he? Yeah, it's truly a shame. you have high blood pressure? I don't know.
11: I feel okay. I'm not high-strung like Dad. Whether you're high-strung or low-strung, whether you feel just fine or not, has nothing to do with high blood pressure. High blood pressure is a major risk factor in stroke and heart attack, but it has no obvious symptoms. It can only be detected by a simple, quick, and painless test. The American Heart Association also wants you to know that black Americans, as a group, are more likely to have high blood pressure than whites. We don't know why. But high blood pressure can usually be controlled if it's detected. For more information, contact your American Heart Association. We're fighting for your life.
13: This is Richard Widmark. Do you hear that? It's silence. We're in deep, dark space. And we hear nothing but silence. But there's a spaceship silently coming toward us. We can make out the name on its bow. The Omega. And there's a man looking out a forward port. He's in a vehicle that is moving almost with the speed of light. Yet he's as comfortable as if he were in an easy chair at home, chatting with friends. I thought
8: we were supposed to be the first ones up here. We are, Sloan. Then what's all this junk mean?
10: He's right, Austin. There's a lot of space junk outside.
4: Let me see, Stuart. Maybe it's from something we launched earlier, Sloan.
10: Maybe, Ruth. No. No, we haven't sent a ship this far into space before. Somebody sure has, Austin. Look at all the junk. Maybe it came from that planet ahead. That planet's dead as it can be, Commander. No
8: atmosphere around it. No nothing. We haven't seen the other side of it yet, Sloan. But it doesn't rotate, Austin. It'll be as dead on the other side as it is on this.
4: Oh, speaking of dead, I'd better water the algae so we can keep breathing. I'll help, Bonnie.
10: Uh, Stewart, try to reach headquarters by radio again. We'll go, Commander. Omega
14: calling Space Agency. Come in, please. Omega calling space agency. Come in.
8: <laughs> Afraid it's the same story, Commander. It still doesn't work. Stu and I have even been outside, Commander. We've gone over the transmitting
10: system with a fine-tooth
8: comb. The agency isn't getting through to us, Austin.
10: But maybe we're getting through to them. Send in hourly reports anyway, Stuart. Welcome,
13: Commander. <laughs> A spaceship with a crew of five, including two women. A radio that doesn't work, space junk that nobody can account for, oxygen supplied by algae, a dead planet that doesn't revolve and has no air around it. And that's only the beginning of our story.
8: Radio Theater. A new adventure in radio listening. Brought to you five nights a week by Sears Roebuck and Company. Sears, where America shops. Your hosts, Lorne Green. I'll bring you stories of the Old West and the New.
11: Andy Griffith with a look at the funny side of life. Vincent Price with tales of mystery and suspense.
0: Cicely Tyson
4: with stories about love hate, and related things.
13: Richard Widmark. I'll bring you stories of pure adventure. Five nights of exceptional entertainment every week. Brought to you in Elliot Lewis
8: production of... The Sears Radio Theater. Our story, Then There Were None, by Ted Sherdeman.
12: Our star... Keith Andes.
4: Dear, today I found the bedroom suite of my dreams at a great price.
12: That's a coincidence. I found one that has all the features.
4: Well, mine has authentic country styling.
12: So does mine.
4: Does yours have a beautiful 26 step finish?
12: Nothing but, and I get a choice of 13 different pieces.
4: All built to last for a long
12: time? Yes, with sturdy tongue and groove construction and dovetail jointed drawers. (gasps)
4: Is yours Sears open 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 hearth bedroom bedroom furniture? furniture?
12: Sears Open Hearth Bedroom Collection. Expert craftsmanship at a reasonable price. Select from 13 different pieces. Now at most Sears retail stores.
11: Darling, I'm a mattress who knows what to wear. Solid color placale sheets from Sears' medley collection, of course.
4: This gorgeous sheet I'm wearing speaks for itself. The color is called Indian sand. Isn't that stunning? I wear sheets of royal blue, lemon yellow. Sears has a dazzling selection of up to 24 colors. And the fit? Well, just look. I can't understand why mattresses wear anything but these smooth perma sheets. Honestly, darling, I wouldn't wear anything else. Sizes from twin to king in most Sears retail stores and in the catalog. Sears Budget Shop has a vested interest in value Vested dresses and vested skirt and pant sets in sizes 8 to 18 Styled just right for spring they romantic flounce dresses topped by vests Tunic pantsuits coupled with vests Also the tunic and skirt smartly finished with a vest The vest, the season's fashion basic Lots of exciting print and solid color combinations So you can be choosy Invest in fashion, invest in value Vested dresses and vested skirt and pant sets in the budget shop at most larger Sears retail stores
13: I can't believe they can do it for $19.99.
11: Installed? The aluminized Sears Muzzler is only $19.99 installed. And listen to the Muzzler promise. Sears promises that the Muzzler will last as long as you own your American-made car.
4: Or return it for refund or replacement free.
11: And if Sears
8: installed it, they'll install the new one free. Well, you can't beat that.
4: I think it's fantastic. It's a great
12: promise. The Muzzler, just $19.99 installed. Clamps if needed, $0.99 each extra. Sizes to fit most American-made cars. Prices may vary in Alaska and Hawaii at most Sears tire and auto centers.
13: The spaceship Omega speeds silently through the stillness of space Its commander, Austin Baker, peers out a port at the dead, dark planet they're approaching His attention is taken by Ruth Beatty as she offers him a pill
4: time for dinner, Commander. Here you go.
10: I keep thinking this is an aspirin tablet. I can't get used to just taking a pill instead of having a meal. Yeah, me either, Sloan. But I must say, pills take up a lot less space aboard this craft. Takes up a lot less space in your stomach, too.
4: I'm with Sloan Overton. I'll never get used to them.
10: Yeah, they're convenient. Oh, may I have some water, please, Ruth? Oh, sure. Here. Uh, me, too. Thanks. Thank you, Ruth.
4: You're welcome. These meal pills rob you of all the things you associated with eating.
10: Like what? Conversation? I never conversed anyway. Used to read the paper, the ads in a cereal box, or watch TV.
4: Oh, you must have been a scintillating dinner companion.
10: You don't get command of a spaceship like the
8: Omega by being a scintillating dinner companion.
4: Maybe not, Sloan, but the thing that really worries me about these pills is where do I get the bulk? The fiber I'm supposed to have?
10: Oh, it's in the pills.
4: This little thing? Not a chance. Hey, Commander.
10: Yes, Stuart. To the left of the planet. The entire left side is bathed in light.
14: We'll be at the lighted edge in a moment. Want me to circle around it?
10: Yes. You and Bonnie keep an eye out for launching sites. And, Ruth, prepare to make photographs.
14: We'll call, Commander. I'll slow the craft down and pass around the lighted edge. Same
10: altitude, Commander? I think so, Stuart. Of the light, Commander. So do I, Stuart. It's it's that star. It looks dead down there, sir. Yeah, so it seems, Sloan. What's that planet nearby?
8: Well, it uh, it doesn't show on any of our charts, sir. For that matter, neither did this dead one. That near
10: planet must have atmosphere around it, Austin. It appears so, Stuart. And it rotates. That that star must be its sun.
4: Bonnie and I have seen no launching sites that could even come close to putting out all that space junk. We've seen no launching sites, period. The planet below us is
11: dead.
10: Let's have a closer look at that nearby planet.
4: There's a lot of cloud cover, Austin.
9: Yes,
10: Ruth. But through it, you can see land masses and long stretches of what appear to be seas or water of some kind.
8: And both ends of that planet appear to be covered with snow and ice. Like our polar caps, alone. Those are seas, Commander. Yeah,
10: appear to be. It's
4: very blue, isn't it?
10: Hmm, one of the signs of a breathable atmosphere.
4: Oh, by the way, the algae beds are doing beautifully, Commander.
10: <laughs> Since they provide the oxygen we breathe, Bonnie, let's be grateful.
4: Oh, I yeah. am. I even made some soup out of some of it. Ah, uh, at my urging, Austin. I can't stand those pills either, Commander.
10: And they're more nourishing than algae soup. And don't taste as bad.
4: How do you know, Sloane? It hasn't finished cooking yet. At least
10: Ruth will get her bulk. You no, know, right now, get to your cameras. I'm on a full record of this planet we're approaching.
4: Wilco, Commander. Wilco.
10: I'll take over the controls now, Stuart. Right, sir. We'd better slow our descent. Uh, give me some forward jets. Will go, Commander. We're slowing, but not enough. More, Stuart. That's strange. We're at uh, 100 kilometers now, Commander. I'm trying to hold to that slow. 95, 94, 93. More forward jet power, Stuart. still losing, Sloan? 88, 87. We're caught in that planet's gravity field. 83, 82,
8: 81, 80. I'll try full power, sir. Go ahead, Stuart.
10: What are the readings, Sloan? 75, 74, 73. Kill the jets. Switch to atomic power, Stuart. I'll try to turn the ship. 65, 64, 63... The power is useless. What can we do, sir? The only thing we can, land. Use the power to land tail first. Now, if I can turn this thing... 57, 56, 55... <laughs>
4: like our freeways at home. They sure do.
10: Call off the altitude, Sloan. One kilometer. In meters, Sloan. Six hundred meters. Five hundred meters.
8: We're touching down in a forest of some kind, Let well, me know when we have ground contact. Two hundred meters. We must be getting close. The trees are towering over us. One hundred meters. Get ready. Ground
10: contact. Close Close yet. Still in one piece
4: We're in a forest I've never seen anything like it It towers way above us And it's so green
10: Take air samples, Stuart We'll call, Commander
4: How come you landed here, Austin?
10: I didn't have any choice, Ruth
4: We weren't supposed to land on any planet Just observe I
8: know We got caught in this planet's gravity field That's what the Commander meant By saying he had no choice but to land And uh, thanks to your skill, Commander We were able to do it
4: Well, one thing I can say for it you certainly picked a remote spot. I don't think anyone saw us land.
10: I hope not, Bonnie.
4: Ruth and I saw a city on our way down. We made photos of it.
8: I'll give Stuart a hand, Commander.
4: These trees, they're, they're like our grass, but so much bigger. Do you suppose they give off oxygen?
8: Uh, can I give you a hand, Stuart? Well, I'm just
14: drawing some of the air into this test flask from the outside. Uh, now, to test it. Uh, write down what I find, Sloan. Fine. Nitrogen, 78.9. Uh-huh. Oxygen, 20.95. Hey, that's good. So far. Argon, 0.93. Carbon dioxide, 0.03. Very good. Water vapor, about uh, 2%. Maybe a little less. Oh, not
8: very humid then, huh? No.
14: There's some dirty stuff mixed up in it. Uh, minute particles have suspended... yeah.
8: Carbon and sulfur. What we call smog back home. Well, buddy, they've got it here, too. But the air is breathable. Commander Austin Baker
10: will be glad to hear that. Can't think of anybody who won't be. You know, I can't tell whether there's bark on these trees or not. We're up too high in the spaceship to see. Ah, Stuart, what did you find?
8: The air is very breathable, Commander. We won't need helmets or oxygen units to
10: support us if we go outside. No life support systems required. None. What's that? Take your seats. What is it? I don't know, but fasten your seatbelts. The ship is quivering. It it may be an earthquake. If this ship falls over on its side, we've had it.
14: Hey!
8: Rain! The sky was clear as we came through. You can see for yourself.
10: It's still clear above the trees.
4: What kind of weather do they have
10: here? It's ended. Stay in your seat, Ruth. You too, Bonnie. All of you. Weird. The ship has stopped shaking. Yeah, I know, Sloan. What do you make of it, Stuart? I don't know. The way that water started
14: coming down, I thought we were
10: in
4: for a big one. I know. The shortest rainstorm I ever experienced. Me too.
10: Oh, I guess it's safe enough now to unbuckle the seatbelts and leave the chair. Yeah.
14: <coughs> you want Sloan and me to look around outside, Commander?
10: Yeah, we'll have to, sooner or later. The sooner the better, Austin. Take a life support system with you just in case.
14: It's not necessary, Commander. Arms,
8: yes, but we can do without
10: the life support system. All right. But check the breathability of the atmosphere before you venture too far away.
8: We will, Commander. Come on, Sloan.
10: And keep in touch with us by radio and pick vision. We'll go, Commander. Coming, Stuart.
14: We'd
8: better stop at the armory first. Right. Laser pistols. Three grenades apiece. Well, that should do it. And I'll take an atomic rifle just in case. Okay, Sloan, that does it. The personal radio's working? Well, we'll soon find out. let Sloan to Commander Baker. Do you read me?
10: Read you fine, Sloan. And the thick vision is good.
8: Stewart and I are going out now.
10: Right. Now keep in touch at all times and turn back if you're attacked. We want the inhabitants to know we're friendly.
8: Right. We won't use weapons unless necessary.
10: Use weapons only to protect your own
8: lives. Wilco, Commander. Out. Well, Stewart, let's go. <laughs> is as breathable as we said it was. Right. Uh, We'll make a circuit of the ship, then head due north. Right. Let's go.
4: From Sears... Fashion that fends off the storm, salutes the sunshine. Step out, military flair. These double-breasted trench coats get down to details. Choose olive green or khaki tan dacron polyester and cotton, sizes 8 to 18. Another fashion winner, the new quilt trim sheared shoulder coat with self-belt. In chino beige polyester and cotton, sizes 6 to 16. Both coats come with a nylon lining. Fashion that fends off the storm, salutes the sunshine. In the coat department at most larger Sears retail stores.
11: Light it, clean it, and love it during Sears Home Center Sale.
4: With lighting buys that shine. Save $10 on four chandeliers with colonial, transitional, or country moods. Your choice, $29.99 each.
11: And save over 20% on a 15-pound box of Sears laundry detergent. It removes more soil than the nation's leading detergent.
4: So light it, clean it, and love it during Sears Home Center Sale till February 24th at most Sears retail stores. Prices and dates may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.
12: Can't believe you owe the IRS that much? Well, when things just don't add up, you can count on a Sears desk calculator to help you add up what you don't owe. Add, subtract, multiply, and divide, then read the figures two different ways. 12-digit display or tape printout. There's a two-memory system that helps ease multi-step problems. Plus, its many extras make it a great time saver. Sears two-memory desk calculator now cut $25, just $99.99 through March 10th at most Sears retail stores. Prices and dates may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.
4: Oh, here I go again. It's time to rent one of those steam-type carpet cleaners.
11: Why rent? Now Sears puts power in a carpet cleaner you can own yourself. The Power Spray from Sears for easy home carpet cleaning. Power Spray sprays hot water into your carpet, then sucks up the dirty water.
4: You can see the dirt you get out, dirt you didn't even know was there.
11: The Power Spray Carpet Cleaner, a convenient carpet cleaner you can own yourself. Available at most Sears retail stores. Kenmore.
13: Solid as Sears. The spaceship Omega rests tail down in a forest of green fronds. The air is breathable on this strange planet, however, and Sloan Overton and Stuart McGill are on an exploratory trip. They're armed with laser pistols, grenades, and an atomic rifle as they make their way through the jungle of towering green trees. They are watched and listened to on a pick vision tool in the control room of the spaceship by Commander Austin Baker and the two women, Ruth Beatty and Bonnie Claire.
8: Well, we, we we should have brought machetes to hack our way through this stuff. Take
14: more than a machete to cut through these trees. Chainsaws would be more like
8: it. Well, there's no bark on these trees. They've no trunks at all. They're green all the way to the ground. Yeah, what's this? A steel wall. It's oh, a it's a metal of some kind. Help me scale it. Can you reach the top? Okay, it's a uh, it's kind of flanged up here and almost a meter in width. And hey, what do you see, Sloan? Well, it it ends right down there, or or begins. It it begins there, and there's another wall across from this one. It's identical, and hey, wait a minute! There are there are divisions here of uh, of wood or something that looks like wood. And do do you suppose this is a railroad track? I'll go to the end and try to get up there with you, Uh, uh, Commander Baker. uh, Do you read me?
10: Loud and clear, Sloan.
8: Is the picture clear too?
10: Very clear, and the girls and I agree with you. It is a railroad track.
11: Yes, I agree.
10: For extremely large people, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Stuart's coming to the picture now.
11: Uh,
8: oh, I,
10: I
14: see you made it all right. So that end down there, it has no bumpers. But you're right, Sloan. This must be a railroad track. And these are ties.
8: Follow it. Uh, Wilco, Commander. Come on, Stuart. Uh, uh. Uh, there are signs of rust. Maybe this was abandoned. Oh, why was it ever put down in this jungle of green trees to begin with? I don't know but it was constructed by a race of giants. That's for sure. Well, let's hope we don't run into any. Oh, man. Can you imagine how large their trains must be if this is just the track? No, and I don't yeah. want to. How uh, how far apart would you say the rails are? Oh, ten meters. About. Uh, we should have brought a tape so we could get accurate measures.
14: D- do I see the end of this track?
8: Well, uh, you sure do. We see the end of it, too. What do you make of it, Commander? I
10: don't know. That track begins nowhere and comes to an end nowhere. Doesn't make sense.
8: Whoever put it down must have had a change of mind. Well, at least they didn't skimp on it. It's uh, it's beautifully built. Even at this end, as well built as the other. I'll help you down, Sloan. Uh, no sweat. A slight jump ought to do it. Okay. Come ahead, Stuart.
10: Sloan, Stuart... I think you'd better come back to the Omega now.
8: Whatever you say, Commander. Uh, we'll go, Commander. If we keep that wall, oh, I, I keep calling it that. Uh, that uh, that rail to our right. We'll uh, we'll wind up at the spaceship. Right. Let's go.
4: Commander, I made a map of this area. What we've seen thus far. Good, Ruth. I don't know what good that'll do
10: Well, Bonnie, it at least can go in the log to show what we saw right after we landed Well,
4: it's all I did it for I... Oh, well, there it is again
10: Fasten yourselves in your seats, girls Sloan, Stewart, take whatever cover you can Another
14: quake It's a clear sky above the trees Maybe we don't get... I was wrong We get rain again
10: That was shorter than the other one It's real strange. I I can't explain it. This ship began to sway like crazy.
14: If it goes over on its side, we've had it. I know, Stuart. The ship is steady now.
10: Yes. Take off the seat belts. Uh-oh, strap them back on. Here we go again.
4: (laughs) This swaying, it's making me sick to my stomach.
10: Well, if we fall over, you won't have that to complain about anymore. We've lost the picture. Can you hear me? Stuart. Sloan. Come in, please.
8: Come in, please. uh, Our radio's out, Stuart. Probably this downpour. I don't understand it. The sky's clear as a bell above the treetops. There's not a cloud in sight. I'm drenched. There's no shelter around, that's for sure.
14: I don't understand it. What's going on? these earthquakes followed by short torrential rains.
8: Oh, buddy, don't look at me for an explanation. I think we better get back to the spaceship. We turn south at the end of this wall, or track. Uh, Commander Baker, do you read me? The ship can't hear us. That means the pick vision has gone, too. Meaning the commander can't see or hear us. That's right. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's that? Where? I, uh, I thought I saw something moving off, uh... Off to the left. I don't see anything, Sloan. I don't either right now.
14: Come on. Let's keep going back to the Omega.
8: I can see the end of the wall ahead, Stuart. The track, Sloan. I see it, too. We turn south there. Do, 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 you, do you see what I see? Where? Oh, my God. Stuart, I, I... I don't know what it is. It's... It looks like a giant dinosaur of some kind. We'll take cover. I'll use the atomic rifle on it. It's a lizard. Or a reptile of some sort. It's gigantic. But nothing can survive this atomic rifle. You hit it, Sloan. It's... It's, it's not going down. Another hit, but but it's coming this way. Use your grenades and your laser pistol. The atomic hits have only angered it. Can you see through the smoke? It's still coming toward us, Sloan.
1: Maybe
14: a blaster in this laser pistol.
8: Sloan, run for it. The beast is still coming. Just a few more grenades. (laughs) Stuart! Stuart, where are you? Over here! Behind this tree! I can't see you! I'm right here, son. Oh my god! <laughs>
4: check the circuits, Commander. I can find nothing wrong.
10: We still have no sound or pick vision, Ruth.
4: How long has it been now?
10: Exactly three and one half minutes, Blunny. They should have been back by now.
4: Want me to check the entrance hatch?
10: No, Ruth. Hey, hey, here's our trouble, I think. A huh? fuse blown.
4: Oh, I'll get an extra, Commander. Right away.
10: wonder what happened. The quakes? Well, maybe, but it's the first time.
4: Here's a new fuse, Commander.
10: Oh, thanks, Blunny now to try it. Sloan, Stuart, do you read me?
4: Hey, we're getting a picture again.
14: I hear you, Commander. Am I coming
4: in?
10: We hear you fine now. And we've got a picture, too.
14: Sloan's
4: gone.
10: Gone? Sloan? What happened, Stuart?
14: I... I don't know what it was. A, A dinosaur, a lizard, reptile, whatever. It was gigantic. We hit it with everything we had. The atomic rifle, laser pistols, grenades. All they did was anger the beast.
10: It it got Sloan?
14: It had this long tongue, and it it
4: it swallowed him whole. Oh, how horrible. Oh, it makes me sick.
10: We see you clearly, Stuart, where you are and all. Walk straight ahead, and you'll be in the Omega within minutes.
12: I can't see the spaceship from here.
10: Yeah, but we can see you. Keep walking. Yeah,
14: I, I can't stop thinking of my Sloan.
10: Keep walking.
14: I am, I am. I, I can't see the spaceship.
10: Well, it's probably hidden by the trees. Come straight ahead.
14: Atomic rifle, the grenades. The laser pistols they only infuriated the month.
10: Keep walking, man.
4: He's in a day. The atomic rifle is supposed to destroy anything.
10: He said it was a dinosaur
4: or lizard or a reptile.
10: Whatever, it must have been gigantic to withstand a hit from an atomic rifle.
4: What's he walking into?
10: Stuart, what is that?
4: I, I, I don't know. it's sticky. I, I walked right into it before I ever saw it.
10: Stuart, look out.
4: What is it? It has six legs? Shiny black?
10: Look on its stomach. An hourglass of red. I, I,
4: I can't get loose from this stuff.
10: Use your last grenade and the laser pistol to defend yourself.
4: Oh, it's like a huge, giant spider. Yeah! I,
10: I can't get loose! Stuart, I've got to help him.
4: It's too late, Commander. The spider has
10: stung him. Stuart! Stuart, can you hear me?
4: He's dead. Oh, the spider is... oh. I can't watch
10: He's gone Stuart's gone
4: oh, What kind of planet have we landed on?
10: I... I don't know
4: Giants All carnivorous giants First Sloan Now Stuart There are only three of us left
10: That's right You, Ruth, and me
4: how do we get out of here?
10: That's a good question, Bonnie. I don't know. Gravity forced us to land here, and gravity may keep us here.
4: Oh, these giant creatures, they're impervious to our weapons. Nothing we do has any effect on them. Maybe... Maybe what, Austin?
10: I was just thinking maybe Sloan and Stewart haven't died in vain. Maybe we can learn something from their deaths.
4: Like What?
10: Well, to keep away from these giant creatures, we must not antagonize them in any way with our weapons.
4: What do you plan to do?
10: We can't stay in the spaceship indefinitely, Ruth.
4: It's only a matter of time before one of those creatures discovers the Omega.
10: That's exactly what I was thinking, Bonnie.
4: Well, then what's your idea, Austin?
10: To find or, or dig a cave someplace. We'll live off the land as long as we can, but we can't stay here. Take your seats. Strap down. Oh, yes, oh. Just another reason for leaving this ship. If one of these quakes should tip us over, we've had it for sure.
8: Sears Radio Theater will return after this message from your local
10: station.
11: Here's a tip from your Better Business Bureau. Are you looking for a nursing home? Well, here are a few tips. Start by getting a list of the licensed facilities in your area from your local health department. Find out whether they are certified to receive Medicare and Medicaid payments. Also, talk to your friends and talk to your neighbors who've placed a family member in a home. You see, it's important to visit a nursing home to check the facilities and the services. For example, food handling, patient care, in-service staff training, housekeeping, and patient activities. Now, before you sign an admission agreement, you read it carefully, including the fine print, and ask a lot of questions about what's included in the price. A number of nursing homes charge extra for such items as wheelchairs, air mattresses, and personal laundry. A tip from your Better Business Bureau. If you have a child with a handicap,
12: we have some good news. And some very good news. The good news is there's a new law that guarantees your child the right to the special education he needs.
14: Evaluation procedures conform to the corresponding requirements in the final regulation of Section
12: 504. But here's the the very good news. The term continuum, as with least restrictive environment, is commonly used by... You don't have to hire a lawyer to explain how this rather complicated new law can help your child.
14: Is in accordance with specific performance criteria related to the program objective. We
12: can explain the law. In clear, simple language.
14: Free. Information under subclause E of clause 1 of subsection B, the commissioner there. Just
12: write Closer Look, box 1492, Washington, D.C., 20013. That's Closer Look, box 1492, Washington, D.C., 20013. A public service message on behalf of the United States Office of Education. <laughs>
13: Commander Austin Baker of the Spaceship Omega doesn't face an easy decision. He and the two women left on the Spaceship Omega are doomed. So their only possible choice is to leave the craft and seek survival in a cave that they can either find or dig themselves.
10: I don't know what good our weapons may be against the hideous creatures we may find, but being armed will make us feel better you know how to use this atomic rifle, Ruth? Yes, Austin. Bonnie?
4: We went through the same training with them as you did, Commander.
10: Yeah, the training that never prepared us for this, unfortunately. Laser pistols, grenades.
4: Uh, if we have to dig a cave, we should have entrenching tools.
10: Yeah, I thought of that too, Ruth. For you, for Bonnie, and for me.
4: What about food? I've got vials filled with meal pills. At least we won't starve, Bonnie?
10: Well, I guess we've got everything. Let's go.
4: That's what I like about you, Austin. He closes the doors if he was coming back.
10: (laughs) Who knows? We may. (sighs) All set?
4: Ready. Set as possible.
10: Nothing outside. Come on. I'll take the lead. Follow me
4: trees are even taller than they seem.
10: Hold it. I see some of that sticky stuff Stuart got caught in. Where? Right ahead there. Any sign of that spider-like creature that got him?
4: I, I don't see it. Oh, me neither.
10: All right, follow me closely. I'll try to lead us around the stuff. <laughs> it seems to be wet-like.
4: Uh, the... Trees are so thick.
10: Keep your eyes open for that giant spider. Don't
4: worry, I am.
10: We're nearly around the sticky stuff now.
4: Is is that the railroad track ahead there? Yes. Is that the same one we saw in the pick vision?
10: The same. I don't know whether we'll find one, but keep looking for a cave.
4: We've been walking nearly an hour, and we're still in one piece. Well, that's something, Ruth.
10: Wait. Cross down.
4: Um, What are those things in the
10: distance? I don't know, Bonnie, but they're walking in a line.
4: They're following each other.
10: Well, there must be... I've lost count of them.
4: Well, they're huge. Horrible things.
10: They're like... Well, at home, they were tiny insects called ants. See the mandibles and antennae.
4: Oh, these are anything but tiny. Oh, they're so big.
10: H. Baxter, come can see us.
4: Oh, we were lucky we weren't attacked. Attacked? Ruth, we'd have been carried back to their nest and fed to their queen. What's this? Wait, oh, it, it seems to be rubber of some kind. It goes up so high.
10: Why, it's even higher than the trees.
4: Is, is that material of some sort above the rubber?
10: I think that's a canvas like cloth.
4: At least it's not alive. And look there.
10: Bonnie, don't go wandering off by yourself.
4: There's, there's round, shiny metal with something through it.
10: Do you know what we found? What? I think it's a shoe, like a sneaker.
4: An abandoned shoe?
10: I think so. Look at the length of it.
4: A sneaker-like shoe from some giant.
10: And that material from the round eyelets, I, I guess those are laces.
4: It's so big. We took photographs of a city on our way down.
10: So Bonnie told me, Ruth.
4: Well, you think this is a shoe from one of the inhabitants?
10: That's my guess. It's
4: a pretty good one. I'll buy it. I i, I think we'd better find a cave before we get stamped on. Oh, I'm for that.
10: Follow me. <laughs> Is there no end to this farm? What? Oh, I, I didn't say anything, Ruth.
4: Well, at least we haven't been attacked by anything. Like poor Sloan and Stuart were.
10: No, but stay alert, Bonnie.
4: <gasps> oh, uh-oh. There it goes again.
10: Lie down. Bonnie, lie down before you're knocked off your feet.
4: The earth is shaking. It's another quake.
11: There's the rain again.
10: Uh, We're in for a soaking.
11: It's a deluge.
10: Wait, wait, be still a moment. I heard gurgling. There must be an underground river beneath. I can hear the water rushing through.
4: I can feel it.
10: I'm soaked. Well, we're on top of an underground river. I don't hear it anymore.
4: Can we get up? The earth has stopped shaking now. That's strange.
10: The sound has stopped. Uh, What did you say, Ruth?
4: I asked if we could get up now.
10: Oh, yeah, sure. (sighs) I don't understand it.
4: Oh, I'm soaked through and through.
10: I heard water flowing like an underground river. Didn't either of you hear it?
4: I was trying to keep from drowning. Mm -hmm. Me too.
10: Well, so was I, but I still heard it. (sighs) Well, Well, we'll try to find higher ground. Follow me.
4: The trees are still dripping from that last downpour. Do you suppose we're in a rainforest, Ruth? I don't know.
10: Maybe if I scaled one of those trees to see where we are.
4: Well, how can you, Austin? There are no branches on these trees.
10: I know, Ruth, but. Oh.
4: Huh? Oh, no.
10: They've spotted us. All three of them.
4: Oh, what? Why are those things? Oh, I
10: don't know, but they're gigantic.
4: Shiny and black. And look oh, at those mandibles. Like monstrous beetles.
10: Oh. Use the grenades first. Oh. Take that, you hideous creatures.
4: The grenades had no effect on
5: them oh. uh. Use the. Uh, I can't breathe. Oh. I can't. Oh. Neither can I.
11: Yes! Oh. <laughs> Frank,
9: where the, are you? Um, backyard, water beetles all over the place.
4: Did
9: you get them? Yeah. Well, what the heck is that? Oh, piece of track. Here's that dumb kid's tennis shoe. Doggone on it. What else did that boy leave outside? No. Here's another one of his toys. Well, his mother's got some answering to do, believe me. Shit. Laura.
4: All through,
9: Frank? Yeah, I'm through. Would you come here? I want to talk to you. You know, it's just ridiculous.
4: Are you all through fixing
9: the sprinklers? The sprinkler timer, Laura. The timer was screwed up. The sprinklers work fine. Well, the timer, then. You fixed it? I said I did. Now, look there. Where? On the table.
4: Oh, Frank, how many times must I tell you not to put your shoes Why, well, it's Junior's sneaker. Mm hmm. He's been looking all over for it.
9: You know where I found it? Where? In the backyard.
4: Oh, he'll be so pleased.
9: Well, I'm not.
4: You're not? Do you have any idea of how much these cost? What with inflation and all... What was
9: it doing in the backyard?
4: I don't know. All
9: right, where's the kid now?
4: Oh, playing.